episode 236 of Global From Asia interview series. Let's do this. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. I don't know. I have one of those like warm and fuzzy feelings in me today. I don't know. Things are things are kind of working. Of course, you have those scary wake up in the middle of the night thinking something's wrong. But, uh, I don't know. If, maybe uh, maybe I'm scaring you guys. But overall, I'm just feeling really, really good. Things are kind of working out. You might listen to our show about the team in the last interview, 235. Uh, we have quite a great team and I've uh, been spending a lot of time building the team and we are just pushing forward here cross-border matchmakers coming up quick uh, we're going to have Louisa more active on the show if you heard her on the 235 she's going to be heading up our international cooperations or our partners plan we'll be sharing more about that as as we go but it's already getting some great feedback and Global Promise is almost five years old. I can't believe it. A little bit older than my kid. You might hear him screaming in the background. He's getting a shower now with mom. And, you know, we're, um, well, the, the, the age of this podcast is almost ages as, uh, as Miles. I think I did one when he was, uh, coming into this world. We had a recording. I think Sonny Wong show was coming out when I did that. So much has happened since those five years and so much has happened since I've had two kids and moved to Thailand and still doing cross-border business, started another Amazon business. Things are moving. I hope you are pushing your limits, getting outside of your comfort zone, going into new markets, going into new businesses. And that's what it's about. You know, I think, what is our our late Steve Jobs says, you know, you, you could live life trying to stay safe and not hit the walls and not spin out in the corners on the on a racetrack and you know you can live a life that way or you can try to try to break break the limits and and make things happen okay enough of the lecturing maybe i have my dad hat's been on actually miles got his best report card or there's these daily reports from the school and i had to basically bribe him with oreos i said you're only gonna get oreos after school if you're reporting report card gets better or your scorecard so the teacher sent me a message on this like class dojo app and said that this is his best day yet what did i do i guess bribing with oreos works Uh, positive reinforcement so today is more management and and leadership and mad singer is actually this guy is amazing i've learned a lot from him at different events and he's given me some great feedback for my own business and even this podcast has been improved because of what i've learned from him i'll I'll mention it throughout in the show so he's going to give us some amazing insights it was an amazing interview uh, and he uh, gives us some ideas how we can be better leaders better managers better business owners and better you know human beings you know and more patience i think that's what i've learned managing teams is patience and you're developing people just like you're you know, how I'm raising kids and I'm, I'm hopefully being a good father. I think being a business owner and a manager is also being like a being like a parent. You're, you're trying to grow somebody and develop somebody. So that's my little ideas. But let's tune into Mads. 
love Global From Asia and want to get even more, then check out our members-only area at gfavip.com. Here you'll get insights and access to me as well as other members in our private forum, as well as a ton of other valuable knowledge and information, as well as special connections, monthly calls, insights, discounts on product services and events, and more. Plus, it really helps support the show. Check it out at www.gfavip.com. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another Global From Asia podcast. We have with us a guest I've been meaning to get on the show, and it's, it's really a pleasure to have him. We've He's uh, been very active in the digital nomad community and online business owner community and, and presented at some of events that we've done. And madsingers.com. Uh, Mad Singers from MadSingers.com. <laughs> How are you doing, Mads? I am doing fantastic. I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Michael? I am. I'm okay. You know, I think listeners know I've been making. I don't know if you know, I've made some moves to Thailand lately, and uh, it's been a little bit chaotic. Um, and we, I need to learn. I'm actually excited to learn of more of what we're going to talk about today. But about management and and you know, team management, time management, one of your specialties uh, i've enjoyed your presentations in in the past um before we get in um you know you have so many businesses and do so many things that i think it's best that you 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 introduce yourself a little bit for listeners uh, sure that that makes sense michael so uh, yeah my name is matt singers and i um i run a bunch of businesses so my my Biggest child, if you will, is my management coaching. So what I love doing more than anything else is basically help business owners how to grow and scale their businesses and so on, and really teaching them effective people management skills, right? Uh, I've been doing that for six plus years now, and that is, yeah, that's that's a big pleasure of mine. Now, I've always hated being coached by people who doesn't do what they preach, so therefore I also do run a few other businesses. So I have an outsourcing company in the Philippines, which currently have uh, well over 100 staff employed, uh, where we basically help people find great VAs and so on. And we also run an e-commerce business that is selling equestrian equipment. Nice. Nothing else. And then I also have a company that dabbles a little bit in SEO. Very so cool. So I, I have a few different companies. Uh, obviously, if anyone ever tried to run three or four companies <laughs> at the same time, they know it requires, um, it, it requires some good prioritization and sort of time management and so on. So that's, uh, yeah. It takes it takes some work, no doubt. I totally totally agree. Um, but if anybody can do it, you you can for sure. And and uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. You, you know, I titled the podcast about you know managing massive team Philippines and and businesses around the world. And that's um you know what what you've been specializing in. And it's I think what I was saying and I wanted to discuss I mean a lot of a lot of listeners and a lot of online business owners are doing everything themselves right they're they're FBA sellers or they're uh, you know SEO specialists or they're um, con- online consultants or, or affiliate marketers and they have that where they don't want to let go or they don't think people can do what they can do or they don't have time I don't know if you've heard that they don't have time to to teach somebody else or manage somebody else sure. so it's I think what I say is if you don't have other people doing that, you you know you don't have a real. I don't want to be brutal, but a real business. Or or what do you think? Or how, you know what do you think of that? 
Yeah, to to a large extent that makes sense, right? Uh, the, the, there is some exceptions out there. I mean, I I know people running multi-million dollar companies and doing it by themselves alone. Um, and uh, in in a few niches, particularly in this online world, there is some opportunities. But generally, the way I look at it, and and just to be honest, I mean, most people from my side, it's not necessarily that they don't hire any people. Most of the people I'm actually working with, they hire a few people, but the challenge is that they don't do it well. So they either don't get the right people, or they don't delegate to them well, and they don't get them into the organization well. So a lot of people have tried like hiring VAs, or you know, tried hiring someone locally, or so on. But one one of the key aspects of being successful with it is obviously following some of the right procedures and some of the right steps to 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 get it set up well, right? So uh, I I know a few people definitely in the in the scenario you're in that that want to do it all alone. Um, but I I mean in in the end of the day we all have 24 hours a day, right? And that there is only so much as a human being you can manage and that you can achieve in a lifetime, right? Um, and and the whole thing for me is being able to build businesses where I do what I enjoy doing, right? The challenge is if you do everything in a business, you do everything. That means you're doing the accountants, you're sending invoices, you're doing marketing, you're doing sales, you're delivering the product, like you're, you're doing everything, right? And if that is the case, um, you obviously spread yourself thin. And, and most people have some of those areas that they don't like dealing with. Right, and, and one of the fundamentals for me and for, for the success for my businesses is definitely making sure that um, really that, uh, that I'm doing things that I enjoy doing and that I'm good at doing, right? Because generally every time, like taxes is the best example, right? Every, mm. Pretty much everyone on planet Earth, <laughs> in, a, in the beginning of every year, they always, they have this thing called taxes sitting in the back of their mind. And even though they aren't doing it, it's still haunting them. They still mm. spend so much brain power thinking oh, about this yeah. thing that have to be done. And uh, the second you let go of it, the second you hire someone else to deal with it, you free up so much brain capacity and so much relief, right? And and people don't people look at it and say, oh, but well, I actually get to do it. It only takes me two days. But it's not about those two days. It's about all the time that you spend messing about with it and so on, right? And and a lot of the time, like for me, it's always a numbers game, right? When I can pay someone that's technically getting paid less than I am to do something so I don't have to do it, I will happily do it, right? So even if I need to go and pay an accountant who's really good at doing accountancy, even if I pay them 50 or 100 bucks an hour or whatever, um, as long as I make sure that I'm paid more than that per hour, then I'm very happy to pay them to do it. Right, yeah. and that's sort of one of one of my fundamentals. Like I, I run an outsourcing business, but I don't believe everything should be outsourced or everything should be done in the Philippines, right? But there's definitely certain things in the majority of companies that can benefit hugely from being done in a cost-effective environment, right? Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes it's a much better decision to pay much more because it will give you significantly higher results. So some of the examples could be uh, actual salespeople, right? Um, a lot of the companies I've worked with have had much better success hiring salespeople locally in US or Australia or wherever they're based. Um, even though they're much more expensive, the point is they bring in a lot more money. And my, my philosophy is simple. If someone helps me make 100 grand, I will happily pay them five or 10 of those, right? Yeah. Um, 
and that's that's generally how I how I look at it from a business standpoint. So again, back to your your, your initial question, right? Um, can you do it all yourself? Uh, there is examples, but generally, if you want to run a successful business, also if you happen to go to hospital or whatever shit happens in life, mm-hmm. um, you you want to build an organization with people, right? It's that, true. That, it's true. That, that that's generally what you need. I uh, I agree, um, but I think there is this upfront. Uh, I, I don't know if you would agree, but it, there is some truth to some people saying that they don't have time to 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 find and train somebody because I think there is that upfront investment where you kind of do do the work and teach somebody and build the systems, right? So, would you say there somebody should be prepared to to invest upfront time and 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 resources to be able to 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 hire or or, or build a team? So. Let me turn it around. Those people are already saying they're too busy to do all the stuff they have to do right now, right? So it's not a problem that they don't have, quote, the time to train people. It's a problem that they've put themselves in a situation where they can't do all the stuff that needs done. And, and I mean, that's uh, it's a little bit of a vague situation or a description because most business owners will never do everything that needs to be done, right? I mean, uh, I, I don't think I've, met anyone that run a billion dollar or million dollar company who who goes home and says yep everything is done i have mm. nothing i could possibly do right yeah, yeah. but but the whole aspect yeah there is some investment in it but uh, again it's like for me it's like buying a new software right you pay a bit for the software it takes a little bit of time to learn how to use it but eventually it's going to give you a huge benefits if it's a good piece of software right uh, it's going to cut down your time it's going to enable you to do things you otherwise wouldn't Right. So yeah. that's uh, I mean, I, I'm not saying people is the same thing as software, but I look at it as the same type of mindset. And mm. people very rarely don't do that because they're like, oh, I don't have the time to sit down and, and learn how to use it. Right. If they feel and if they see, oh, this can bring me huge value, they will they will take the time. And, and um, without going into time management too much. Right. The, the key thing that I always preach is I mean, time management really doesn't exist. Right, because you can't manage time. It happens one second at a time, and you can try however <laughs> crazy you want. You can't manage it. You what go. you can manage, however, is the priorities of what you do with the time you have. Right, and generally, the most successful entrepreneurs is the ones who understand to do the most value-add stuff. Right. So sometimes, I mean, it might be worth saying, hey, I'm not going to bring on board this client because the next while I need to spend time bringing up a new employee to speed, right? And right while that might cost you a little bit of money there and then, the point is that that will long-term generally benefit you big time, right? So like everything else, it's about prioritization and it's about understanding what does your business need right now. Makes right? sense, yeah. Agreed, agreed. And is there a perfect time to? I mean, I, there's some some truth in knowing how how to do something first, or or can you really get if you don't know how to do the process or the the task? I mean, of course, I I, I hate taxes and I'm always nervous, but uh, yeah, I guess you can hire a specialist, or I guess there's different ways of of uh, of having people help you with stuff either you don't know how to do or don't like to do. Question. Do you think the CEO of Google knows how to do every task that happens in a company? Uh, I agree with you, mean, but I mean, at the same time, the founder, maybe not the CEO now, but maybe at the be- 
I'm maybe thinking of the entrepreneur, you know, um, Sergey and oh man, I'm blanking on the founders, but the founders, Larry, Larry, the there's a difference I think of a the founder and the and like the CEO in a way, right? But uh, I would ask about the founder, but uh, of course CEO, I agree with you. They, but I mean, there's CEOs. They're like professional CEOs. They just jump from company to company, being a CEO, and they don't really know. But I. It, I, I it's think... not about that. It, it's not about that is the secret, right? So the, the whole point is in the beginning, you need to know because when you generally for most founders, when they found a business, they do everything. And if they don't know what to do, they aren't delivering, right? However, there's nothing saying that you need to understand every task that goes on in your company. The sooner you let go of that mindset, the sooner you will grow and the sooner you will be able to scale your business significantly. Right. So the, the way I tend to look at it is each each person have certain skill sets. Right. I mean, I, I could start. Let, let's take SEO because that's wildly complicated and stuff. Right. Yep. I, I mean, I could pick a sales guy up from the street, make him a founder of an SEO company and get him to only focus on sales. Right. Now, he can either hire people to deliver SEO, he can uh, outsource it to other companies, he can white label it, whatever, but he can easily run an SEO company just focusing on sales. He doesn't need to understand exactly how it's getting delivered. Right? Yep. As long as, now, that's of course, the team is good, you know, there's, there's obviously bad bad delivery sure, but, of it but yeah again there's people selling seo services that are bad at doing seo yeah. so it's the same thing right yeah, yeah but but the whole aspect is you you don't need to be the expert in every piece now some people start a business from the other angle and that often put them as a disadvantage so often you will have let's say an, an engineer who invents a new type of aircon that's the most amazing aircon unit in the world right uh, now, because he invents it and because he makes them, because he is the expert on that unit, he tends to stay stuck in that detail for way, way, way too long. Right? Yep. And very often when you see founders who are the experts, they are often the reason why company growth slows down so much. Hmm. I, I, like, I like it. I mean, I'm having trouble letting... Even myself, I'm having trouble letting go. But, and it, you know, there is that, especially as entre the entrepreneur, the founders, you know, versus the executives, you know, I think um, there is that gap, though. I mean, there's a, there is some need to, to, at the beginning of a brand new organiza organization, I guess, of course, it depends on what the company is, but yeah. Right. The, the, the thing is, Michael, you're a smart guy, right? If I would, if I would take you and bring you into a role in my company, right? Let's say as a CEO role, for example, like even a company with 10 or 15 employees, um, even knowing nothing about it, you could be really, really good at doing that. And you could potentially have a huge benefit from not knowing. Mm. Because the problem for most people is when they know they care and when they care, they, they often care too deeply. And the problem is, particularly like people with your personality, right? You, <laughs> you like you, you're quite detail oriented, right? So when you're delivering stuff for people and so on, you want to make sure it's hundred percent the way you sort of want it done, right? You you don't deliver ninety five percent. You're hundred percent, Michael, right? Yeah. Um, and very often, 
when you have that type of personality, the problem is you, you struggle to let go because you cannot, you, you can't live with the thought of less than 100%. The benefit, if you don't know what to do, you can't tell people, oh, it should be done like this, or it should be done like this, and it should be done like this, right? And instead, you, you find yourself managing on numbers instead. So you find yourself managing instead on customer satisfaction and how quickly do we deliver it and how big a ROI does it give the client and so on, right? And when mm. you start managing on numbers rather than telling people what to do, you generally get much better results. And it's a lot easier when you don't understand the process, right? Mm. Now, I, I, I can say this with a ton of confidence because I've been there. Nice. Right, I, I mean, I've, I've been there myself big time. And, and when I first started my management career, my biggest hindrance was I really understood everything 100 plus people that I was managing was doing, right? That was my biggest hindrance. The best thing the best thing I could ever do was move into a job where I didn't know like a different management role, but where I didn't know all of the stuff people were doing mm. because it, it forces you into rely on people. It forces you to to give good people ownership and responsibility. And even though they might not deliver to your standard within the first week or the first month, eventually they will do better than you. Mm. Right. And if you. the if you try and run a whole company, right, and you only have a s small percentage of your time dedicated to something, right, you, you will keep growing, but it will be at a certain speed. If you have someone who spent the entire day, every day, pretty quickly, eventually, they will get better than you, right? And that's what, that's what building organizations is all about, right? When you're building a company, companies exist for, for specialization of labor, right? Mm. So when you have a company that's just yourself, you, you're basically building yourself a day job in most cases, right? Yeah. But when when you start building a company, hiring people, you're basically taking pieces of a process and giving that responsibility away and, and therefore building a, a company where certain people become masters of smaller pieces of the process. And if you're doing 10 processes, 10% each, if you're doing one process 100% of the time, you are everything else being equal, you're generally going to be a lot better at doing one thing 100% of your time. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I'll bring this up, but maybe I don't want to spend too much time on it. But I think a lot of times other people are hesitant to, well, of course, there's that word outsourcing. But even, even if it's internally with your staff, you got to give them logins, access to information. You know, I think a lot of people are, are just paranoid about that, right? So, I mean, I guess people, I've, I think we read the books like Timmy Ferris says, you just got to trust people and, you know, I, I guess that's the answer or what? There's only one answer, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, mean, I mean, right, reality is, it, it, it's one of those questions, that, what happens if? And the whole point is, what happens if you don't? And the point is, if you don't, nothing will happen and you will stay where the hell you are for a very long time. Mm. If you do, you can get positively surprised. Now, you could also potentially end up in a challenge, but I mean, realistically, okay, the first thing you want to delegate is probably not hand over the information to your bank account to, to random people, right? <laughs> but, but besides that, most other things really don't worry about it, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, very few things that people can do in general are so bad that they can't be fixed. Yeah. And again, uh, right, my fundamental thing is 
I've never met someone who shows up at work to do a bad job. I've never met someone that says, hey, I want to go to work and do a crap job today. Most mm. people come into work to do a good job. Now, some are more and some are less qualified. That's totally understandable. But people generally want to do a good job. So very few purposely do something stupid. Mm. So if you spend the right time in, in terms of training and so on, people, the likelihood that stuff goes totally belly up is very small. Yep. Right. Yeah, I think it's the hardest is that first step where you start giving people access and, and then you start realizing it's not that big of a deal, I guess. But uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's just way. To, yeah, it's just just got just do it. I like that. And then the problem. Oh, go ahead. The, the problem for the problem for most business owners is they hand over tasks. They don't hand over responsibility. Yeah, I like that. Right. So the problem is that they say, "Hey, Michael, here's a." Here's our customer service emails. Here's the process. Can you go and do some, right? Yeah. And that and that is so fundamentally different from sitting down with someone and say, "Hey, Michael, I freaking love the way you interact with people. I want you to be our customer service uh, expert. I want you to be the person that everyone goes to if they have a customer service thing." Yeah. Right. Our key goals is we have to deliver this thing. We have to answer this quickly. We have to make sure the quality is top notch. I want you because I believe in you. Yeah. Right. I like that. Like, and and, and that is the difference. It it to most people that's as a business owner that sounds the same. To an employee, it's a totally totally different world. Yeah. Right. And I've by now like with all my business, I've tried it so many times. I've found great people. And I've trusted them with things that I probably shouldn't. <laughs> and the key thing is they deliver, right? Think of yourself, Michael. Like, I, I don't know if you've worked corporate or anything before, but uh, uh, even with your own business. I was, I was in Deutsche Bank. I was in Wall Street for a little bit. But go ahead, sorry. Like, a lot of the time, when you grow the most, is when people give you responsibility. And if, if you worked on Wall Street and your boss comes to you and says, hey, Michael, I trust you. Awesome. I want you to handle this additional responsibility. Right, you're gonna do everything in your power possible to do a great job because you want to show your boss that you're the right person to give responsibility to. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I mean, actually, I learned that from you at uh, you you, you spoke in uh, Vietnam at Saigon and and uh, responsibilities. So even this exact podcast, somebody somebody's uh, responsibility is to make sure this is online Tuesday 10 a.m. on the team. I used to actually, I think I learned that from your, your talk was I used to have, uh, you know, this person was in charge of editing, this person's in charge of posting the t- post, this person's uploading the of MP3, but then when somebody's, this person's in charge of making sure this is online and working and done correctly by 10 a.m. on Tuesday, Hong Kong time, that's, that's, uh, that's when I, yeah, I agree with you. And, and how much work did that take off your plate? Uh, yeah. How much worry? Yeah, it was amazing, and and, and it was true because then that person was like, "Okay, this is I. I'm responsible." Like you said, I'm responsible for doing this. It's not just I checked the box on Lisa Sana. I just checked the box. I did that part, and then because it was always me, like making sure all the parts were done and it was online. You know, so mm-hmm. that definitely helped. And 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 I mean, the key thing is people step up. Like I will bet you, the guy or girl you asked to do that have stepped up their game. Yeah. Right. 
They'll be much more responsive. They're delivering much more value to your business because you ask them to take responsibility. And that is the fundamental. And you can, like, my, my favorite thing is implementing stuff. I have no clue on what to do. <laughs> like, I, I'm generally terrible at writing copy and I don't understand email autoresponders. My favorite, favorite thing is hiring someone in a company and say, hey, I don't know this stuff. We need an email autoresponder. We need to have great copy. Uh, you could have a look at what our competitors are saying or whatever. Uh, but, I mean, here's the budget. Here's the goal, what we need to do. Uh, go ahead and do the best you can, right? Yeah. Uh, I trust you and I love you. And, yeah. And, that's, I mean, I, I love doing it because in the beginning, like, as I said, I, I struggled as much with it with anyone else. But the, the one key I have found is when you show yourself how amazingly it can work, several times you start loving the process right so the same you have done with the podcast when you start doing that with many more things you will probably start enjoying that a lot more as well it's it's true it's true um so what one thing is keeping the team on track uh i've learned from you with the one-on-ones weekly for managing but i think you also have kpi so would the kpi be the responsibility like that's the kpi or is there like a number like i know we all should have numbers and everybody should have a KPI. Is that the responsibility? So the, 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 way, the way I like doing KPIs is very simple. I build a plan for the business starting from the top. So CEO or the owner says, okay, last year we made 100K. This year we need to make 500K or 5 million or whatever it is. Then you build a plan from that and say, okay, to make 5 million, the sales team needs to achieve X right? You work with a sales team and you come up with a plan that says instead of making 100k, we need to make 5 million. What does that take? Do we need to hire more people? Do we need to buy more tools? Do we need to spend more on advertising? What does it take for us to sell worth 5 million worth of revenue of whatever products you sell, mm. right? Yep. Then you sit down with the operations team, you take the plan from sales and you sit down with the operations team and say, hey, here's the sales team plan. Here's what they're going to do. As an operation, when they execute this and we, we suddenly get 50 times as many customers, what do you need to manage that? Mm. All right. And all of these things, all of these top goals, they, they end up tying into the KPIs. So, for example, for sales, that could be very simple. Okay, we need to, instead of selling to one customer a week, we need to sell to 50 customers every week. That could be a simple thing. That would be a KPI. How many customers did we sell to every week? Right? That's a KPI because that's what you need to hit your goal. Um, what's the average order value? Because part of part of part of increasing the the, the revenue could be to increase the order value, right? Yep. That would then be another KPI. And then when you go to operations, it's the same thing. Okay, right now we are handling a hundred orders a month, but we need to handle five thousand orders a month going forward. What does it take to do that? Well, we need to make sure people handle, instead of handling 10 orders per day, they need to be able to handle 12 orders per day. We need X amount more people or whatever. But all those things that it takes, that, that, are, that is very easily the same thing that ends up building your KPI. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a great answer. And, and uh, I think maybe, you know, um, can you give us some examples? That are, I'm, I'm sure you have so many or if you want me to pick an industry or maybe we give some context for people some people you've worked with or or in in in, mm -hmm. in your network 
of uh, going from like zero to to one or managed or something like that. We can talk about some cases or going going from zero to one. Well, I mean, uh, maybe being from like maybe not managed well or doing everything themselves or or unorganized to maybe organized. Maybe I think we have a lot of listeners that are FBA sellers or doing product businesses or um, international business. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, actually, let me say, I mean, one of the niches where where I see people who can make a lot of money with no staff is actually FBA businesses. I've seen people who are definitely selling for, for well over a million dollar worth of products while while being in the FBA space, right, and doing it all by themselves. So, so FBA is one of those spaces that doesn't necessarily require a lot of people, right? True. On the other hand, I also know people who have built big teams and make a ton more money, right? So if we take a, a FBA business as an example, right? A, again, a lot of people have some staff, but if you're starting right now and you have no employees, right? I mean, the, the best thing to do is really uh, look at your bottom line and see what's available first, right? You don't want to hire someone and put yourself in a difficult financial situation where you won't be able to pay your bills, right? That's that's number one, yeah. right? Um, and most people, I mean, if you're doing FBA and you're, you're selling pretty well, you, you hopefully don't have that challenge, right? But but then you really want to sit down and look at uh, three three things that I look at is, is generally what what takes you the most time? What stuff do you hate doing? And what stuff is easy for someone else to take over, right? And if you look at, at your entire to-do list and, and really start breaking those things down and then see, well, what, what type of personality could be most helpful here? And then again, I would, I would go find someone, right? Mm. I mean, and, and it's not, again, I wouldn't say outsource per se, as in go to the Philippines or somewhere else. What, what I would say, look at what are the key things you need help with, right? What makes sense? What, what is affordable for you to pay to get help with it? Right. Because the fundamental aspect, what you want to do, I mean, there's there's two things you can do. You can either like if you're working 16 hours a day every day, you can use an, an employee to cut that down a little bit. Right. The other thing you can do is you can if you're working a, a sensible shift and you want to spend even more time, you can spend that employee when, when the employees end up taking tasks away from you. You can spend that time doing more value at work. Right. So as an example from SBA, it could be you don't have time to find new products because you're so busy maintaining the ones you have. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, if you hire an employee to do a bunch of the stuff of the maintenance stuff, that might free up your time for you to actually go find new products. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that could possibly be things that you wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Right. Yeah. And if that's the case, I mean, that. That can, even though there's a cost in an employee, the point is that the time you get back, you can spend making the business or helping the business make significantly more money, mm. right? Yeah. So that's that's generally the core mindset for me. I like it. Yeah, this has been a fascinating, fascinating uh, conversation and interview. And getting towards the end, I. I was thinking. I was trying to think as a kind of summary question, a little bit different every time. But this one, I'm thinking, is like the biggest mistake or the poison that kills companies that you think that you've seen or, or you, you know, witnessed. 
Yeah, so they, they probably come around the things that uh, that we talk about. So actually, let, let me let me take one. So a lot of people that hire virtual assistants or hire remote people, they they fail completely in, in having a work relationship with those individuals. So they kind of have the, the mindset of, oh, they're on the other side of the planet. I don't need to talk with them very much. I just tell them what to do. And again, if you want great employees, not communicating and not building relationship with them is not the right way to go. Makes sense. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, there were some hints at the beginning about, you know, programming people. And sometimes I think when you work with people, work with VAs or, or uh, outsource, they kind of look at it just like a computer screen and, uh, you know, SOPs and tasks. And But uh, I agree with you. Once you start to actually have a relationship and you let them know that they can improve in the process and the system and talk talk to you like uh it's definitely definitely helps a lot so um this has been great Mads. how of course there's so much more we could talk about uh what where where should people go to to find out more about about what you're doing and and what you're working on yeah, so again, my, my biggest passion project, as I said, is really on management coaching. I have recently released a new management course. So on madsingers.com, you can you can okay. find that. Um, I call it the Madsingers Management Academy. And basically, that's a it's a seven-module course right now where I go through sort of the most critical aspect of, of management and really helping business owners that haven't got a background in management, helping them get up to speed in, in how to manage people effectively. And I, I tend to call it the 80-20 management, really. Uh, but ma- just like, like most other things, management isn't difficult. The main challenge most people have is they've never invested in learning it, right? And, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely a great starting point. Awesome. All right, Matt, thanks so much. And, uh, I'll, yeah, we'll, we'll catch up soon. It's always great to see you in, in, the, in the community. So thank you uh, yep. for your time. Likewise, Michael. Pleasure talking to you. Want to connect with other cross-border business experts? Then you can't miss Cross-Border Matchmaker. It's our second annual this October 26th, Friday, in Shenzhen, China. It will be a jam-packed day of roundtables and one-on-one speed dating, business dating. It's about making deals, making things happen. Everybody loves networking. We're cutting out a lot of talk and doing all action, all networking, all business deals and finding hyper networking people related to your topics experts and business owners doing things like amazon blockchain import export trading and just business between china asia and overseas this is going to be an amazing one we got a great lineup check it out at crossbordermatchmaker.com slash china october 26th thank you mads that was a fun one and that's, I hope everybody's listening is taking action, even if you don't have your own business, even if you're working in a cubicle and not, you know, I think anything, no matter where you are, working uh, working in a company, even in your personal life, your family life, your homework, if you're a student, I think it's just really about structuring things better and allowing other people to help you. I'll, uh, I think maybe I kind of talked about it in the show it's honestly, I, 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 I kind of felt like I'm still resisting letting go. I still, even though we've got a growing team here and people helping, I still feel like I have to know everything that's happening and know every process and task. I, I'm going to try better to let go. 
and I hope you are all enjoying these content and enjoying these events and enjoying the community. We're really working hard to try to make this more community driven and make even team driven. It's more about, you know, as a business owner, I think it's more about things than just you. It's it's about others and it's about, uh, you know, letting letting things Maybe there's the vision and the mission. We didn't talk about that on the show, but you know, letting um, letting things roll, letting you know, basically having your guiding principles, your culture. Um, maybe that's a topic to talk about. How do you build a company culture? That uh, it's not as easy as it sounds, at least for me. But just try to learn every day and improve and measure, and and just being a better human being and developing people around you to be a little bit better human beings. That's, uh, that's, I think, the most scalable thing. Because if you're doing everything yourself, there's only so much you can possibly do. And uh, at some point, you'll burn out. And uh, I'll be honest, sometimes, even right now, I'm closing, close to burning out. I mean, I'm moving my house again in Thailand. My wife's getting a driver's license. Kids are in schools. Uh, you know, of course, trying to grow Global From Asia as a, as a community. And also, we have our Amazon business and talking to Mark, which was in the show last week, and just trying to manage a bazillion things. Like we also do client work for internet marketing, content creation in Hong Kong with with uh, Shadow Factory VR. We're also doing some lead research and uh, and um, marketing research in Hong Kong. There's just a, um, trying to let it go a little bit. Of course, keep the quality going, but let things grow and let things go. Maybe that's a, a rhyme or a poem or a, a rap song. That's it for this show. Global From Asia, episode 236. Over and out. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.